Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run. Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity. And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny. As they head for the wire, fire your guns. Here he comes. Foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You are tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, post time with Mike and Mike, with the co-hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside heaven rocks, but the clock's running out. Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Going and going. Touch that dial. You've got another rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I got to toss my pillow off to the side. I don't know about you, but I am still zonked after the Breeders' Crown this past weekend. Well, you know what? Listen, the Breeders' Crown had anything as a race fan that you wanted to have as far as drama goes. Many firsts. A Hall of Famers lasted, of course, Jimmy Tactor. I mean, the horses were great. Mother Nature threw a little bit of a monkey wrench into it. But, you know, even towards the end, the rain kind of calmed down, at least enough for people to get outside and watch the action. But it was really a great, great night of harness racing. I mean, you you had upsets. You had fantastic performances. And, Mike, we're going to get into it with our guy from the Daily Racing Forum, Derek Givner. In just a second, we're going to talk about some of those great performances as well as some of the upsets and Maybe some of the not-so-great performances, Mike. I'll tell you what. What a night of racing it was. It was cold. It was rainy, but we had a lot of fun. We had to listen to a, a, a really crappy announcer, though. And, and, I know and you I'm did. Sure. I, I it, it wasn't Jim Viglia. No, I'm just no. kidding, buddy. Mike, uh, I Mike apologize. Bozich did a heck, Mike Bozich did a hell of a job. So did Jim Viglia. Great job to those guys. Uh, that red clay, Mike, uh, isn't easy to call in uh, when it gets sloppy and soupy like that. But you guys did a heck of a job. Well, you know, the the hardest thing about calling it Pocono is when the horses come up the inside. That's the hardest thing because you've got a big apron, the announcer's booth is low, and it's just tough a lot of times to pick up them horses. So you really have to be on your ball game. You really can't fall asleep, and, and you have to pay attention, and you have to really, really watch for them horses coming up the inside because a lot of times, Mike, especially in the slop, that could be a big challenge. 
All right. Well, we've got a big show coming up here uh, this afternoon. But before we get to the big show, Mike, uh, we got to talk. Uh, it's time for the post time with Mike and Mike Awards. We've got a big announcement coming up later in the show uh, regarding the awards and uh, all the uh, the key components to the awards. Uh, it's been a very popular thing over the past couple of years, and I'm looking forward to uh, diving into it. Yeah, here we go again, Mike. I can't believe where the time has gone. It just seems like we had last year's awards or the year before's awards, but uh, this and, and we've concentrated on making each award show bigger and better, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed. This will be bigger and better than last year's, and it's going to be fantastic. And, hey, we're looking forward to it. Some great, great categories out there. And uh, I'll tell you what, I can't get the ball rolling. Some very interesting categories, certainly to say the least. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's no standouts this year. I, that I could assure you. All right. Well, let's dive into uh, our guest load. Uh, we're going to talk to driver Matt Kikali. And I'll tell you, Mike, Matt was very emotional following his uh, win with Percy Blue Chip. It was his first Breeders' Crown. But, Mike, it's been a famine to feast year for him following his accident back in March. Yeah, certainly has. Matt Kikaley's overcome a lot. I mean, we never, you know, we certainly, well, knew we would see Matt again, but we thought maybe after the spill initially that it was going to be a big amount of time before we would see him, but he made his way back to the races quickly, and I'll tell you what, he's just one of the young guns that continues to get better and better, and Mike, he's become one of the most steadiest hands, I think, in the sport of harness racing. Definitely so. We're also going to talk to driver Tim Tietrick. What an amazing performance, Mike, by Chartin. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was a potential Horse of the Year performance. We'll dive into that with uh, Derek Gibner here in a moment. Uh, Ryan Clements from Catch Driver will join the show, Mike. Uh, Ryan went to EGLX. It's the largest gaming expo in Canada, and he'll talk about his experience. And, uh, you know, they had a booth up there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they sure did. And I'll tell you what, while we were, you know, kind of hobnobbing at the Breeders' Crown, you know, Ryan took a little bit of a different route. Ryan was trying to expose our game, our sport, to people that, you know, have quite frankly never, probably have never seen our sport before. So hats off to Ryan. And we're going to talk to him about how that went and how, you know, the uh, general public, so to speak, the gaming world uh, kind of took the harness racing. All right. We're also going to talk to Derek Gibner from the Daily Racing Forum. But before we get to him, and Derek, I know we got you on hold, but uh, listen, it'll take just one second. We got to give a couple of our post time with Mike and Mike uh, colleagues some credit, uh, Mike Bozich. Jessica Otten's final show was uh, this past Saturday at the Breeders' Crown. She'll obviously help us a couple shows a year. Uh, from now on, but she now works for Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment in New Jersey, and we can't couldn't be more proud of her. Yeah, this has actually been a pretty big week for the post time with Mike and Mike crew. You've got Jessica who has stepped up to the plate, and uh, you know I'm gonna tell you what the Meadowlands got a real, real keeper with Jessica. She has come far in a short amount of time. She has done so well, not only uh, doing our Winter Circle and Panic interviews, Mike, but you know even guest hosting the show on, or I should say guest hosting, but actually hosting, co-hosting the show on a yeah. couple of occasions, oh, yeah. and she just did an outstanding job, especially at the International Trot. She we were talking basically about horses and equipment and this and that. I'm going to tell you what, she talked rings around me. I didn't even know what the heck she was talking about, but uh, some really good <laughs> information that she was given about horses and the process of warming up and what to look for. Well, as a matter of fact, if you haven't had a chance to hear that international trot show, take a, take a listen to that on the archives because you'll get schooled as far as what to look for in horses when they're warming up and equipment and so forth. 
The other get, other person we want to talk about is our man Garnett Barnsdale, who's been named president of the Canadian Ushua chapter. A big uh, nomination for him as well. It's a big week for the first time with Mike and Mike gang. Uh, you know, Garnett Barnsdale. Uh, I'll tell you what, in a what a deserving post for him. I mean, you talk about a guy that cares so deeply about the sport of harness racing, invest in it from an owner's point of view. And of course, from a gambling point of view, one it definitely Canada's best handicapper. No question about it. Garnett's one of the few people in this game that when he gives out a horse, I won't even question it. I'll just go to the windows and play it. That's how good Garnett is, but congratulations to him. And we certainly appreciate the contributions that both Jessica and Garnett have made to our program throughout the years. Definitely. So, uh, you know, it's good to see Jessica advancing her career and, of course, uh, Garnett becoming more involved uh, with Ushua. So it'll be interesting to uh, kind of watch them as they continue to grow. Uh, Garnett doesn't need a whole lot of growing, uh, growing up anyways. Uh, he does a heck of a job for DRF anyway. And speaking of DRF, let's talk to our man, Derek Gibner, who's on the line. And listen, Derek, uh, you know, what an amazing weekend of uh, Breeders' Crown races uh, that we got to see uh, at Pocono Downs. I thought we were going to talk about my driving ability. I'm on this all-star driving edition with Matthew Daly and Tim Peters. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Not if you drive anyway like you drive on Catch Driver, my friend. You could forget uh, that. <laughs> hey, we could check the ratings. I think mine might be a little higher than yours. Well, you you're, you get lucky now and again. But listen, let's uh, – well, listen, one thing we can rest assured that our ratings are definitely better than Carter's. Carter's down in like 800s hey, or something easy, like that. But, easy. Well, what are they? What is it? It's eight seventy five, right? No, it's a thousand twenty five, and I have three stakes victories. So That's that cool. you know, we're we're moving up in the world. All right, let's talk about the Breeders' Crown. Derek Gibner from the Daily Racing Forum joining us. Derek, we we said we're going to have a little bit of a roundtable talk, maybe about a few of the the ways we saw the Breeders' Crown. And, and uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that I saw in the Breeders' Crown, there were a couple of horses that just really race absolutely huge in defeat. A lot, a lot of people could say probably they deserve to win. Derek, who you think were was a horse or two that you thought just raced super, super in defeat and we have to watch going forward? I mean, without a doubt, kicking in the sand. I mean, she just keeps putting her heart out there every single week and you know, showing huge amount of guts. I mean, this is a filly that I can't wait to see how she races once she gets going versus Charton in, in next year. And I'm so glad to hear that she's going to be coming back and, and, and going after those older pacing mares because, you know, what a heart on this girl. I mean, she's just a pleasure to watch week in, week out. Now, let's kind of dive into that race a little bit, uh, Derek, for just a minute. And, you know, we knew that there might be some sort of speed duel on the front end, but Scott Zeron uh, was parked a mile with her back in June, and I cannot believe how gutsy of a racehorse uh, this this mare is. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt about it. I mean, she just keeps finding more. And I think you also have to look at it from the perspective of you are my candy girl. You are my candy girl seems to be a horse that when she settles down on the lead, She's basically unbeatable. So it, you have to look at it from Scott's perspective is that you got to keep, you know, you and my candy girl a little bit, you know, crazy and, and, and racing, you know, to increase your chances of winning because if you let her relax on the lead, you're in bad shape. So I think there's a little bit of game and, gamesmanship going on there, and that's why you saw, you know, the duel that you saw. Mike, I was just going to throw in there another horse that I wanted to bring up is uh, Ice Attraction. I want to get Derek's comments on that because this is a horse that, or this is a move that this horse made that you don't see 
at a whole lot of places, including Pocono, uh, where the horse was sitting, what, fourth or fifth over and just made a big sweeping move from the five-eighths mark to three-quarters, actually had the lead, but Emoticon Hanover was able to shake free. That was in the open trot. What are your thoughts of ice attraction? I thought that was uh, certainly a nice move and maybe something we could look forward to going uh, forward as a wagering option. It was certainly a very impressive move. I look at it as more of an anomaly more than anything else. I think if you contest 12 races and, you know, of this caliber, you know, you're going to get one horse that's going to make that kind of big move. I think it's an, I think she's a nice horse. I think she's a horse that can continue to improve and do things going forward. I don't know if I'm looking, willing to look at that one particular effort and say, wow, this, this horse is just spectacular or that. I, I need to see more from her. But certainly, you know what, that's not a division – you know, with Hanover, Hanover clearly, you know, maybe hitting the end of the road, it seems like, from what we've seen from her lately. Ariana G is retiring. It's certainly, you know, she's certainly a horse that can make some noise in that division. Now, Derek, we saw a lot of impressive performances. We saw what Jim Panzee did, Woodside Charm, um, Dorsodoro, Hanover McWicked. Obviously, there were a lot of great performances. But what would you say was probably the best visually impressive performance of the night? For me, it's Woodside Charm, without a doubt. I mean, just the maturity on this two-year-old trotting story. I mean, how many two-year-old trotting stories out there can go a quarter in 27, back it down to 31, then go another quarter in 27? She, she, she has maturity that's well beyond her years. And that being said, a lot happens between two and three. A lot of horses end up catching up. So who knows if she's going to turn out to be this, you know, specimen of an animal that she is right now as a two-year-old. You know, you often see these two-year-olds go out and they just dominate because they're so much more mature. They're just so much faster than their peers. And then you get the following year, they come back and they didn't get any faster. They didn't mature anymore, but others did and they catch up. So it's hard to say what we're going to see at this point. And, you know, I know some people would like to, you know, crown her as champion three-year-old right now, but it's, it's hard to say at this point, but she was certainly, in from my eyes, the most impressive. I mean, they could have, she could have faced the three-year-olds and maybe been competitive. That's how good she was. Visiting with Darren Givner from the DRF. Darren, let's, uh, you know, listen, we both play catch driver, and uh, we know all these guys out there are professionals. These drivers make it look so easy out there day in, day out, and, of course, on the big stage in the Breeders' Crown, the Hamiltonian and such. But there were a few really good drives out there that, that caught my eye. I mean, these guys work in their magic. What was one or two maybe really, really good drives that stuck out in your head? For me, the absolute best driver of the night, and he's actually going to be on your show today. I actually chased him down after the race just to tell him how good of a drive I thought it was, was Tim Tietrich on Charton. I think when you looked at that race on paper, there were two horses, one to his inside, one to his outside, that had big speed, that had form, and you thought they were leaving. And Tim just said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to the lead here. I'm taking charge. I'm not letting them, you know, dictate the pace. It was a masterful job by him there. You know, he took charge. He did what he had to do. And, you know, and that's a horse that can be a little crazy at times earlier in the year. And, you know what, it, it all worked out for him. That was a great job. Now, Derek, we've talked uh, a lot about it. The saying is it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown. And uh, until Saturday night, I, I have to – and I told Bill Finley this on his show on Saturday that I thought that Atlanta, if she could win the Breeders' Crown, would – possibly be horse of the year uh but she would get my vote now that she finishes second in her breeder's crown 
Obviously, the, the talk of the town right now focuses towards McWicked, but how much of a chance does Chartin have? Uh, I, I would kind of say it's down to Chartin and McWicked uh, for Horse of the Year. I would agree with you that it's down to those two. Um, I mean, I would have put Kissing in the sand up there if she would have won um, you know, on Saturday, but unfortunately she didn't. Um, you know what? It's, it's very close call right now. From, from my eyes, if you, if you put a gun to my head at this moment, I'd probably vote Chartin. More for anything else, that not only did she dominate her division, right? It's so hard to make a million dollars as a pacing mare. I mean, all the pacing mares, there's just not that much money available in that division. And for her to come close to it, become the first horse ever to do it, perhaps, you know, with another win. I mean, to me, that, that, that deserves the, the recognition as horse of the year. And you know what? So if you ask me right now, that's who I'm going with. But there's still the CBG still to come. I guess in theory... I was looking at some of the TVG, the way it worked out, because Charlton won the, the mayor pace, she's eligible to the male one. You know, Maybe she would take a shot against the boys. She won that race. It would be a lot. She could beat Nicholson. Interesting thoughts. Derek Gibner from the DRF. Derek, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, good luck on Catch Driver. And uh, listen, don't be parking me anymore, please. I, my rating can't take it. <laughs> My 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 thought has been catch driver is just leave 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 leave, because if you don't yeah. leave, then you're at the victim, you're at the mercy of the pace, and sometimes the pace is pretty brutal there. So, I just feel like I'll, I'd rather be aggressive every start and you know get parked sometimes, than be patient and uh, than be uh, have no shot. All right, thank you for joining us, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon. My pleasure. Hours uh, daily racing forms Derek Gibner and how about it, Mike Carter Sharton? Maybe thinking about taking on the boys. I don't know. What do you think? Well, 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 you know, it would be interesting and it would seal her up as horse of the year. And I have to say, right now, it, like Derek, if you put a gun to my head, I think Sharton is the horse of the year. Um, the Hamiltonian poll came out uh, this week and. Chartin uh, got six first place votes, Mike, and I was one of those six. I did put Chartin on top of McWicked. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's a really tough race, and it makes it even tougher, Mike, when you are in a situation like you are right now with two very good pacers. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you were looking at them on opposite sides of the spectrum, it would be one thing, but you have to name one person pacer of the year, one person trotter of the year, and then your horse of the year comes from that. So that's where things could get a little bit dicey. All right, we're going to take a very quick time out. When we come back, the driver of Sharton, Tim Tietrich, will be joining us. We'll talk about his Breeders' Crown, his big Breeders' Crown night, coming up in just a few minutes. Plus, Matt Kikaley, Ryan Clements, our guys from Pacing for the Cure, are here, the dynamic duo, Jeff and Janine Gessick, will join us as well. It's a jam-packed edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, and it rolls on following this time out. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, 
and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, we're joined now by driver Tim Tietrich, who I would assume is hoping Chartin will be horse of the year. Tim, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? And Yeah, for a mayor to be horse of the year, that would be uh, pretty cool and be uh, to be part of it. That'd, that'd be great. Now, Tim, talk to us a little bit about the Breeders' Crown. Uh, Chartin put in an absolutely phenomenal performance over the slop, and uh, I know you guys all had to be happy with her. Oh, for sure. It's, it's hard not to be happy with her all year, the year that she's had. You know, I think she's had one or two hiccups where she's made little mistakes, but you know, when the money's been down, she's been nothing but great, and uh, she's put on good shows every week. And I'll tell you what, she was game as heck in that particular race. I mean, she got converged upon a few different times in that mile. Is uh, Caviar Alley took a shot down the stretch, and it looked like, I'm telling you, it looked like the eighth pole that she was just going to go right on by. But Sharpton finds another gear. She digs in it. And uh, you know what? I love what you said in the post-race interviews. I mean, you, know, you just wanted to go to the lead and just let her be herself and, and let her be game, and she dug down obviously there had to be some nervous moments at the eighth pole. Did you know you had a little bit more in the tank or uh, were you kind of being prepared yeah. to get converged upon there? Uh, no, I felt comfortable. My mare, she, she, you know, every time I've had her on the lead, uh, you know, she only goes what she has to, but you better uh, come hard if you're going to get by her. She, she, she's tough as game and she loves looking one in the eye. And that's a good thing about Sharton. Once she's the lead, she relaxes and she, she almost thinks like she's going to sleep. And then, but as soon as she sees somebody coming, she's uh She's right where you want her, right in the grips. Now, Tim, kind of talk to us a little bit about just Chartin's personality in general. She is, since coming from overseas, she's absolutely dominated the female ranks. And I'll tell you what, she seems like a pretty laid back horse. She is. You know, she's got her quirks, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing what she's done. She started in January and she qualified right right around Christmas of last year and, you know, been going all year. You know, she's only, I mean, she's had 24 starts or something, but uh, 22 or whatever. But, you know, she's raced for a year. And, uh, you know, it's pretty special what she's done. And me and Jimmy were keen. We're standing there in the paddock after she raced, after she cooled out. And, Jimmy, and I told Jimmy, I said, she's gained weight since she started. You know, that's pretty special for a horse over a year like that in the competition that she's had to face. And, you know, she's taken it very well. Now, Tim Derrick brought up a good point, and uh, don't want to put you on the spot because obviously this is Jim and Joanne's decision. But any talk about maybe putting her against the boys? No, not that I know of. You know they haven't mentioned it to me. But uh, you know Mick Wicket's a great horse, and 
for marriage to go against boys in that older group, it's it's just hard to do, and you know I hate to you know leave money on the table. Visiting with driver Tim Tietrich. Now, Tim, one of the things that we're going to ask you about Lily Stride in a minute, because Derek thought that Sharton was the driver of the night, but I thought the driver of the night was Lily Stride. That was an unbelievable drive. And let's talk about that now real quick. As a matter of fact, I had, Tim, I actually called that race, and I had to ask Mike Carter as I was listening to the replay because I called you wide around the turn coming three wide, and then all of a sudden you come up the pylons. And I asked Mike Carter, I said, was Timmy on the pylons the whole time? Did I call the wrong horse? But <laughs> watching it, you were actually wide. Supergirl Riley broke, and when you saw Marcus make the break there, you craftily geared it to the inside to, to get the job done. Tell us a little bit about that drive and, and uh, you know getting by Atlanta in the stretch there. Well, a couple things I needed. I needed speed to follow. Um, you know, my mare. I was kind of surprised she paid that much because every start she's raced really well her last four or five. Been charging up the wire and the security final. I I think I would have had a shot to be first or second there if, if Plunge Blue Ship doesn't stop so fast in the last turn. But in that race, I, we got the speed that we needed to follow. I got to get George Brennan in front of me in the first turn and I had pretty wide cover to follow. And then around the last turn, I seen Marcus make a break, and Aki was edging out of the two holes, so, you know, the pass lane works pretty good there at Pocono. So I run my mare up the inside. In the last couple of weeks, I've been going left with her, and she seemed to like it. And then once I got down in there, she just took off. Now, Tim, one thing we sort of noticed on Saturday night was people were sort of uh, vacating the pocket or kind of avoiding the passing lane uh, there at Pocono. Was, was there was there anything about it, or was it just one of those things that, you know, maybe they just thought that their horses would be better on the outside and you felt Lily Stroud would be better up the passing lane? I, you know, I just didn't want to go three and four deep and have to make a, lose that much ground in the turn, especially when I had a straight shot to the left. Um, that's why I did it. Um, you know, most horses do pass to the right. You know, a lot of especially the two and three year olds, uh, you know, they don't teach them to pass left. And you know, a lot of guys they go outside. You know, and um, for me, that that race there, I just I just started going inside with my sh- shortest distance and you know, save ground that way. And you know, I, it took me the whole way to get by that mare. I think if I go wide, wide, I don't know if I catch her. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, this is a game of inches, and, you know, a, a, any decision out there can cost you first, second, or uh, or even third. But, you know, one of the things, Tim, and, and let's kind of back away from the Breeders' Crown a little bit, because one of the things I think that got overshadowed was an unbelievable personal accomplishment that you made going over the $200 million mark in career earnings. This makes you only the fourth driver ever to do that you're next to john campbell dave miller and and the ron pierce that's great company to be around of course you are the youngest to do so over 200 million in career earnings tim that's got to feel good that is one heck of an accomplishment especially at your age yeah just it's amazing um you know i've told this before that i if i could just have a career maybe uh win a thousand races in this game i'd be happy and i've well exceeded that and this career has done so much for me and my family and and, and something I love to do. I, I love the competition, and, and I have a burning desire to keep competing. And you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And 200 million is a great feather for my hat. And I think, you know, to do that, I know I've got a lot of opportunities, but it's still special. Mike. 
Go ahead. Sorry, I'm I must have caught my mic in the middle of a drink of a cup of coffee. No, yeah, no, I thought you saw my I thought you saw my message. Sorry about that. Uh, Tim, talk to us uh, about uh, the TVG coming up. Uh, obviously, uh, you know you were super excited uh, following the Breeders' Crown, and you you know you'll kind of cap off uh, kind of the feather in her cap uh, in the TVG in the Mayor's Final. Oh yeah, I look forward to starting. Anytime I get to get behind her, she's fun. Um, you know she's. Gave me a lot of thrills this year, and, you know, she really hasn't disappointed me at all. So excited to get to race her again, and then I'm sure she'll be done after that, and then they'll put her away and hopefully get her ready to do it again next season. You know, and uh, if we could cap it off and she could win big and impressive, and, you know, maybe she'd have a shot at horse year, which I definitely think she deserves it. You know, and she she's dominated him all year. McWicked's a great horse, but he's been beat time or two. You know, Sharton's only time she got beat is when it was her own fault, you know, so pretty special. All right, Tim Tietrich, uh, one of only four drivers now that has eclipsed that $200 million mark in career earnings. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. Tim, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. You gracing with us? You gracing your presence with us today at uh, Harris Philly? Oh, I'll be there. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. You guys uh, keep up the good work and uh, keep it real. All right, buddy. We'll see you at 1225. You got it, bud. Thanks. All right, that was driver Tim Tietrich, and uh, yeah, that was kind of overshadowed, Mike. The fact you know because it was, it was a real big deal. I mean, I remember you know uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and various media entities and people counting that down the the quest to two hundred million, and then you know you get the Breeders' Crown, you get the big stage, and that kind of gets overshadowed. But I will tell you what, that is a superhuman accomplishment, especially at his age. What is thirty six, thirty eight? I believe. I believe it's thirty six. 36. Don't make him any older yeah. than what he is. He might not ever come on the show that's, again. That's, yeah, that's right. Well, but Mike, that's an unbelievable accomplishment for for some for anybody for anybody. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. But for somebody to do that at the age of 36 is is just it's unfathomable, really. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree with that. I mean, he's done a heck of a job getting there, and he's worked his butt off, uh, Mike, to do what he has to do. They don't call him the bionic man for no reason. Uh, you know, we, we've talked before about some of the struggles Tim Tietrich has had, um, and I'll tell you what, uh, buddy, you know, he, he's really had to overcome a lot, and he's done it with grace. He certainly has. Well, this show's going to roll on as we continue with Grace on this particular program. Matt Kaylee will be joining us here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to him about his big breeders' crown night as he celebrated his first crown ever. Plus, our man Ryan Clements is going to be joining us, pacing for the cure. We've got a a big, big announcement concerning the post-time with Mike and Mike Awards, and that is all yet to come on this jam-packed edition of Post-Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Matt Kaylee's up next. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. 
The action returns Friday, March 30th. With racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we found out just a minute ago what happens when Bozich doesn't check his uh, doesn't check his Facebook messages uh, before while while a guest is on. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. No, you know what happened? It just it, it, it's it, you know how these things are. Well, first of all, you know how I am with technology. Yeah, yeah, you and technology okay. don't mesh all that well. But uh, no, not all that well at all. For for those who don't know, uh, you know we we discuss our interviews uh, through Facebook, and you know you, you know we we're talking back and forth, and you know we say hey do this, and sometimes you miss the message, and well that airs what you wind up with, but that's all right. Well, we're still well, well here's time. well here's the thing, it's not like we're in front of each other. See, we're I mean we're miles and miles and miles apart, so you know we kind of go back and forth to Facebook Messenger. So basically we just don't talk over each other, and it's it's worked well for ninety five percent of the time. There's that five percent. The time where you know I spill coffee over myself or something, I fall asleep a little bit. You know, whatever. All right, let's talk with uh, driver Matt Kakali and uh, Matt. Sorry you had to deal with the antics there for a minute, but listen, you're coming off uh, probably one of the biggest weekends of your career. How's it feel, my friend? It was amazing. It was a great weekend, that's for sure. Let's get into, Matt, let's get into the big upset first of all, Plunge Blue Chip. And this is one of the things where I've noticed how you have grown as a driver throughout the years is you have uh, certainly put your horses in prime positions to win. And you did this exactly with Plunge Blue Chip, who upset it 50-plus uh, to 1. Tell us about how that race went, how that race unfolded. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the two, Percy the two blue best chip. ones. I'm sorry, were... not plunge blue chip, Percy blue chip. My, Percy, my bad. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, the two, the two best ones battled it out hard, you know, they got and they were mixing it up. You know, that's what I needed to, to get the job done and give my Philly a shot. And the way it worked out was absolutely perfect. I know I was licking my chops at the half. That's for sure. Now, Matt, uh, kind of talk to us about how you were feeling after the race. Um, obviously, uh, it was a very emotional win for you. But the season you've had this year, and we talked a little bit about it on Saturday, uh, it, instead of it being feast to famine, it's been famine to feast for you because uh, obviously you didn't know if you'd be able to drive again uh, following your accident at Yonkers. 
you know, when I was coming back to the winter circle, it was just kind of a, just a rush of rush of emotions. Um, you know, my parents, they were there, they've, they've been in the business their whole life. You know, they, they've never had the opportunity to race in a Breeders' Crown event. You know, uh, my grandparents came all the way from Michigan to watch me, my girlfriend and my baby girl were in the, in the winter circle. And it just, um, you know, it just hit me all at once how, how fortunate I am and how lucky I am, you know, not even taking into consideration of the accident. You know, I'm just blessed, you know, beyond words. And, you know, I'm thankful for every opportunity and, you know, it just hit me all at once coming back to the winter circle. Now, one thing I noticed uh, from looking at all the drivers, especially with their post-race interviews, that, uh, boy, it was just – we'll put it this way. It wasn't ideal conditions out there. I mean, you guys looked beat up. You guys had mud all over your face. and I mean, just really looked like true warriors out there. How, how was it out there? I mean, did, did, did the, uh, the conditions really – was it that much of a distraction? You know, we, we deal with this stuff all the time, so it's not really that big of a deal to us. Um, it's not fun, that's for sure. But, you know, the way my night was going, it didn't really bother me at all. Now, Matt, uh, kind of talk to us, uh, you know, a little bit about uh, Percy Blue Chip. Now, I hadn't really seen or heard much of uh, Percy Blue Chip all that much, but uh, this is a horse that uh, really looked strong in the stretch. Obviously, uh, you benefited from the speed duel up front, but you really had to come uh, wide off the last turn. And I'll tell you, boy, did, you know, she have a ton of speed to her. I even talked to Mark Weaver after the race. He said, I can't believe she went off 52 to one. You know, this horse is a lot better than that. Yeah, Ronnie, uh, the the day after she won the Ontario Sires final, he told me that I was going to drive her in the Breeders' Crown because Yannick was going to go with uh, Candy Girl. And he goes, you know, if she gets lucky, she can win that, you know, win the final. He he liked her a lot, and she was very good, actually, in the elimination. I was stuck a little wide in the last turn, and she, was, she got a little rolly on me, and I had to kind of gather her back up. And she actually finished up really good. Uh, they made some changes to her and, you know, they got her a little bit better for me in the turns and the way it's set up, she got the job done. But I, you know, I, I, I liked her in the elimination and Ronnie liked her a lot, you know, before that. So it wasn't a total shocker, but she definitely needed some help and, you know, she got it. Visiting with driver Matt Kikaley. Matt, let's talk a little bit about Dorsaduro Hanover now. And this race really, uh, unfolded very very interestingly because you made a fifth to first brush that was into not a slow second quarter a fast second quarter 27 and 3 and then you had to duel with grand teton think big dream big tuck back to your inside lather up was pretty much wide that whole mile but uh Dursadero hanover really really found another gear at the top of the stretch and kicked away you certainly had to be happy uh for his, uh, with his performance absolutely he 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 turned in a big big effort on Saturday. Um, I got a little bit of a bad jump out of the rail. The rail's a little funny here sometimes. The horse can't really snap off the gate, so I got looped by a few, and you know I got put in the middle. And the way they were racing up front, I was I was just wanting to you know I wanted to put him on the lead and whatever it took to get there. I didn't really care because I I figured that's the way, the best way he was going to be that night, and and it took me a way to get there. But you know he fought in and. When I asked him for pace again off the last turn, he kicked away. He he was impressive for sure. Yeah, Matt. One thing I noticed about Dorsodoro Hanover is just how much grit and how much fight he has. I noticed it uh, starting with the Meadowlands pace, and then of course you guys went to the Adios and uh, you know took some more names down. But just how gritty and how f- uh, much fight this horse has. 
he's tough. He's tough as nails. He he gives you whatever he's got. He's going to give it on the track. Um, he's he's been impressive. He's had a great year. Um, you know, he's had a couple starts where things didn't really go his way. He wasn't that that sharp in the Milstein or um, the North America Cup. Was the elimination was wasn't very good, but. You know he's been he's been hard at it every every start all year and he's been you know he's he's been a great ride that's for sure. Matt, one final question before we let you go. Let's talk. I do want to talk a little bit about filibuster Hanover. I mean, obviously he's been chasing Mick Wicked, who has just been a monster and has, you know, kind of played second fiddle to the big Lazarus Mick Wicked feud. But I thought filibuster Hanover raced pretty darn good. I mean, if Mick Wicked, you know, wasn't in that race or if he didn't bring his A game, I think filibuster Hanover would have probably gone on to win that race. What were your thoughts of of that race and how that race unfolded? He raced great. He raced great in Lexington too, the start before. Um, the other night, you know, it's just one of those things that happened. Lazarus was no good, and he didn't get us anywhere to where we needed to go to have a shot to win. Um, you know, if things were a little different, and I was left on the front, and Yannick come first over, and Lazarus was bad and backed McWicket up, then I think, you know what, Phil Buster would have won. But, um, you know, that's how racing goes, and he's been sharp. He's, he, he was really good Saturday. Um, you know, he's been sharp the last couple starts that I drove him, and you know, that's just how it goes. He was super, and, you know, I, I thought he raced great. All right. Well, Matt, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on your first Breeders' Crown win. I will be the first to guarantee you that there is many, many, many more of them to come down the pike. Congratulations, my friend, and uh, we look forward to seeing you do your thing on the racetrack in the uh, months and years ahead. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. That was driver Matt Kikaley, and uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, you know, what a scary, scary incident at Yonkers um, a few months back with Matt and uh, just in, you know, just to, a testament of how tough these guys are uh, right there in Matt Kikaley. I mean, came back and we never thought that he would. It was only a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, it was only uh, it was only a few weeks that he was out. But, Mike, he said it on this program. He never thought he'd drive again. His nose was basically ripped off of his face. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was a bad, bad, bad accident, and I, I don't think people realize just how bad it was. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then uh, you know, listen. A couple of months later, we're talking about Mackie Cayley and the Breeders' Crown Winners Circle. Man, that is cool, cool stuff. And he is certainly one of the. I, I don't want to say rising star anymore because he's here. He is a star. So, yeah, you know, congrats to Mackie Cayley, first Breeders' Crown uh, Driving Championship last Saturday with uh, the big long shot Percy Blue Chip, and I was calling him Plunge Blue Chip, but I caught myself this time. I caught myself. Yeah, this time. yeah, yeah. Listen, well, listen, you know, speaking of catching yourself, so listen, we got the uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards coming up uh, very, very soon. We're going to have a big announcement following the Ryan Clements interview uh, here in just a few minutes, Mike. And listen, I'll tell you what, I cannot wait for the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. It's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. And there's always a lot of fun, friendly competition. Yeah, it certainly is. And it has grown in popularity over the years. And, uh, you know, listen, it's it's become a cool thing. And really, there's there's uh, quite a few categories. No, I should say quite a few. There's only, what, six categories? There's seven. Six or seven. There's seven, isn't there? Seven. Seven now. There's yep. seven. Okay, seven categories. And here's the cool thing about it is they're unique. 
they're unique awards yep. in the sense that you know they're they're really not like the the Ushua awards. You know, they're they're unique. They give. Uh, like like Iron Horse, the Foiled Again Iron Horse, and no, you can't vote for Foiled Again. I'm sorry because Foiled Again is the ultimate Iron Horse, and everybody knows that. But uh, you know, like for Iron Horse, uh, you know, Horsewoman of the Year, uh, Innovator of the Year. I mean, just some term, race fan of the year. I mean, people that wouldn't necessarily get credit, you know, uh, get get credit with these awards here, Post Time with Mike and Mike. And you know, listen, these are the people that that make our sport go around, and we are more than happy to acknowledge them. And hey, this is. This is a fans. This is a fans thing. This is you, the fans. You, the fans, nominate them, and you, the fans, vote for them. So, you know, this is all in your hands, racing fans and post time with Mike and Mike fans out there, because you are the ones who decide who not only wins these award, uh, wins these awards, but who are nominated for these awards as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, really interesting to see who is going to win each award. And one person who was an innovator uh, and who continues to be an innovator, Mike, uh, who was a very, very close second last year. Uh, If I remember correctly, it was him and Chris Gooden that were slugging Mm -hmm. it out with a 16th to go. Uh, You know, uh, gosh, Ryan Clements. I almost said Anthony McDonald. Man, Ryan Clements. He was was right up there, uh, too. Shortly. Yeah, they, the three of them were kind of slugging it out there towards the end, but uh, Ryan Clements will be joining the show. We're going to talk some catch driver, Mike, and I tell you what, boy, do I have a bone to pick with him when he comes on this program because he's, <laughs> he's, parked, he's parked me out more times than Derek Givner has won on this shoot, on the game, oh, so uh, that goodness. tells you. <laughs> well, listen, you want to talk about innovations. What a great innovation often pacing was and continues to be. What a great innovation catch driver is. But uh, some of the others, I mean, Chris Gooden, who was the la- last year's uh, Innovator of the Year Award, look at all the things he has done with drones and cameras and just some of the camera shots and live video. And, you know, and I think, you know, that's when we bring our it's time that we bring our sport to the people. You know what I mean? Instead of people that may have not necessarily heard about our sport or know much about our sport, you know, they're not going to come to us. We got to go to them. And that's what these people are doing. That's what Ryan Clements is doing. Chris Gooden is doing. Anthony McDonald is doing virtually everybody that was nominated for that innovator of the year award last year and this year. That's what they're doing, trying to take our product to the mainstream. And you know what? I give everybody credit because they are doing such a fantastic job in doing that. And, and you know what, it's going to be grassroots efforts like this that bring our sport back. Mike, I really believe that. Oh yeah. I completely agree with that statement and uh, seeing some of harness racing's innovators and uh, what they're capable of doing. Uh, I mean, look at Chris Gooden, like you said, he's now the Clyde hurt um, media winner uh, this year. That's impressive in its own right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> What what what's so funny? I'm just saying. Not only do we launch careers here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, but we <laughs> we you know we launch awards too. <laughs> oh, here we go. Chris, can we, put, we can tell you what Chris Good won the Innovator Award. Now he's won like 20 awards since then. Yeah, well, listen. You know, if you ask Chris Gooden, uh, you didn't put him on the map. That's for sure. Well, he no, I'm not saying we put him. Nah, on the I'm map. just no, kidding, buddy. I'm just kidding. He 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 definitely did that on his own. But I'm just saying, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about a guy that is absolutely no more room left on his trophy case? Chris Gooden. Listen, everybody out in the harness racing world, he cannot. He don't have room for any more awards in his house. He cannot yes. win any more awards. He don't have any more room. His uh, wife said no more go. room. They all got to go. His wife, his wife said no more room. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick we're going to take a t- 
We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, you've got more post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. <laughs> Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot-enriched states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of the guy who thinks he's funny, Mike Bozich, uh, as we went to uh, went to our uh, time out there. And uh, listen, are you are you are you okay over there, Mister Comedian? Are you good? <clears throat> Maybe yeah. not. No, I'm good. <laughs> listen, that's what this show is all about, though. Mike is we like to have a little bit of fun. Uh, you know, obviously there's some serious moments, but you know, part of the reason we enjoy doing this show so much is because we can have some fun with it as well. Absolutely, no question. We, uh, well, you know, let's bring Ryan in. You had to catch. You had to catch your break. You had to catch let's, your let's, breath. Let's 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 bring Ryan in. Let's. Uh, you know, because all we really want to do on this program is just complain about catch drivers. So. Yeah, listen, listen, Ryan. I got I got a bone to pick, a big bone to pick with you. Just there so you go. know, listen. You know, forget the fact that he just took our game to twenty five thousand potential new customers. Our sport. We just want to <laughs> gripe and moan about catch drivers. So, Ryan, I, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Well, listen, All right, I'm ready Ryan, for it. Ryan, we talked we talked to Derek Gibner earlier, and uh, Mike got to air his grievances out with him. So I said, "What the heck? I'm going to air my grievances out with you." Listen, you've parked me more times than Derek Gibner's won races on this show. Now I'm kidding, of course, but uh, what a what a game you've come up with, my friend uh, and catch driver. And I'll tell you, a lot of people they whine and they gripe about you know being parked out, whatever. But I'll tell you what, it, it is really an innovative game. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun playing it, to be honest. Um, and it's, you know, racing against guys from all over the world, it's uh, it's really interesting strategy-wise because, you know, you got the guys from Australia and New Zealand that don't mind sitting two, three wide, and then other guys from America that are, uh, you know, if they're if they're sitting in the two-pack, they're 
they're life or death trying to get to the front. Um, so the mix of the two styles really makes for some interesting racing and, uh, and I enjoy it. I mean, I get in race against, uh, you know, some of the top drivers in the sport. That's, that's, what's really fun for me. Yeah, this is really, really cool. And you had a chance, Ryan, on a more serious note, to take uh, our sport, basically, and in your rendition into the gaming world. And these are, uh, I would say, probably about 95% of the people that were uh, at that gaming summit, so to speak, probably never had any interaction with harness racing. And that's that's part of a sad fact of our industry, but it's, it's, uh, it's living in the real world. That's, you know, what it's come to. But on the on the good side, on the uh, the silver lining to the cloud is that you've had an opportunity to expose some of these people to our sport. And I've got to ask you first and foremost, how was the reaction from some of these people? What was the, kind of the reaction to harness racing into your game in general? Yeah, um, first of all, as far as exposure to the sport, out of the thousands of people we saw, I had one person who. Um, who had come up and he's like, Oh, I, you know, um, my, my coworker races horses and, uh, his family's in the business. And, uh, that, that was the only one out of, out of thousands of people that I spoke to, um, that had any exposure to the sport at all. And that was, um, you know, a lot of people go with their parents there cause it's a, uh, it's a young kid. So that was a kid's dad who, uh, who happened to know the industry a little bit, but for the most part, they had no clue what it was. Um, some of them, kind of knew you know the kentucky derby or something and uh and had seen thoroughbred racing but nobody had a clue what harness racing was and um you know our game is this new game of catch driver it's in a better position than often pacing was to spread um to the general public because you don't need to know anything about racing to enjoy the strategic element of harness racing the the first way i try to describe the game to people all the time is different than car racing because these things aren't machines it's all about strategically conserving stamina and trying to get in the right place in the race um you know to out sprint them in the lane as opposed to car racing where it's all about precision turning and braking and and pure speed so they i think um they really appreciate the the different style of racing and that uh that it's just fun to play um so it was really well received and uh and we'll be we'll be going back to do more of these now, what, what kind of stuff did you guys take away from this event, Ryan? Was there any kind of I, – I, and I don't want to say criticisms because that's not really the right word. You guys take enough of that on Facebook as it is. Um, but it, was, was there things that maybe other um, game uh, developers maybe shared with you that might help you going forward? Yeah, I mean we're in a different place than most of those um... – so we were in the indie dev area, which there's about 30, 30 games there. And most of them are either, um, you know, government funded or they're people who are in school and building games. And, you know, we're doing this as a business. We're a bootstrapped company that knew we had to make money from day one to succeed. So we had to build, build and launch products um, quickly. So we're in a little bit different of a realm than those, those companies who are seeking, you know, big funding, um, we're, we're not in that position where somebody's going to hand us a few million dollars to go and spend a year building a game. Um, so, you know, we, we can't compare ourselves directly to, to, you know, EA or Ubisoft or these, these companies that are, you know, getting a hundred people to work on a game for a year or two and launching it. Um, so if we, if we compare on their strengths, um, we, you know, we, we falter a little bit and we're, yeah, maybe we don't have the same level of graphics or things like that, but, um, if we play to our strengths, there's, there's areas where, where we're a far better game. And the strategic element of Catch Driver, it's way more fun to play 
um, than a lot of the other games that were there. So we sort of uh, tried to play to our strengths, and I think that's uh, that that worked out pretty well for us there. Visiting with Ryan Mike. Clements, uh, Ryan. Yeah, sorry about that, Mike. Uh, Ryan, let's uh, one of the vi- one of the things, and you know, you talked about this uh, just a few minutes ago, where only like one of a couple thousand people or a thousand people actually knew what what the racing was, what harness racing was. And I have always had this uh, concept that you know maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing that harness racing is so is fallen so far off the map because even with a sport that's got as much history as harness racing does, maybe it can be reintroduced to the new generation as something brand new. I think maybe that can work in our favor because, you know, listen, people like shiny new things. Maybe harness racing can be reintroduced to people is something exciting and brand new. Do, do you agree? Do you, did you kind of get that vibe at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have that opportunity now. Um, we can introduce it as anything we want, and I think that's why it is crucially important that we establish what the <laughs> core of the sport is and what the message is um, before we introduce it to people. And unfortunately, um, you know, when I turn on uh, when I turn on a broadcast at home um, and watch the races and have a friend who's never been exposed to the sport, that message just isn't compelling to them. Um, when the, when the odds come up and the announcers are talking about, you know, what, what their picks are and their bets, they just don't, it's not going to win them over. Um, so I think we need to come with a new, a new angle, a new approach. And, um, you know, nobody's going to do it for us. I think if you've ever been at the track and, uh, and you've been watching a race and you see a horse that maybe uh, doesn't show much on paper and he gets bet down to four to one or something and, and wins by a hundred lengths, you hear people say they knew, have you ever heard of that, uh, that they, oh, yeah. that's the they, they knew. Yep, um, they knew. I think a lot of us in the industry are hoping that they are going to fix it for us. And the problem is there is no they out there. Um, we're going to have to do it. And it's going to be people like you guys and people like me. And, uh, and if we want to redefine and reintroduce the sport to a new generation, it's going to take action from us. Um, so that's what we're hoping to be a small part of. We can't do it alone, but, um, but, you know, there's a lot of other people that are forward-thinking and uh, and making some good moves in this industry right now. Well, listen, Ryan, uh, I appreciate uh, what you guys have done with this game. And I know you guys take a lot of flack on social media, and we're giving you a little bit of crap about it. But I'll tell you, you guys have done a phenomenal job, and keep up the great work. Thanks. So uh, I'll see you on the racetrack, and then, you know, I'll try not to park you out. But if you uh, yeah. put yourself in that position, I, I'm going to have to do what I have to do. And listen, ask Mike, hey Mike, ask him how many times I've messaged him before the race goes off and says, "Hey, don't park me this time." You know, just the way it goes. You know, that's just how it goes. Well, the, listen, yeah, this I'm is fantastic. <laughs> go, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to say, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to do any favors out there. It's, uh, <laughs> there's no friends on the racetrack for me. And, and 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 by the way, before we do let you go, Ryan, there is a Facebook page. That uh, you know, if you want to see all the drama unfold, it's good, good stuff. You got to check it out. It's uh, the Catch Driver Facebook page. Just type in Catch Driver in the Facebook search; that'll get you there. But if there's anybody out there, Ryan, that's that's listening to our program that may not have the slightest idea what we're talking about, real quick in in 30 seconds or less, just j- tell them a little bit about how they can get Catch Driver and, and what they got to do to start playing or yep, often so facing. 
Yep. If you've got an Android or an iPhone, um, just go to the go to your Apple App Store. Type in Catch Driver if you want to drive horses against every uh, other players in the world. The top drivers. It's a few NHL players playing our game. Um, and then if you want to own horses and manage a stable, type in Often Pacing. So Catch Driver or Often Pacing in the App Store. Good stuff, Ryan. Listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thank you for what you do for the sport of harness racing, and we're riding your coattails, buddy. We're riding your coattails. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. That was Ryan Clements. I'll tell you what, Ryan brought up a great point. You know, we we have to, I think, with this new generation and all the competition out there, all the competition for the entertainment dollar, I think Ryan's right on the money. We have to take a new approach to try to – get our game out there and get our sport out there. And it's going to be a, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of different things, I think, to do it. But, you know, one of the things I think is what Ryan is doing, you know, through the gaming world, video games, as you know, and and not even so much video games. Now it's, it's apps on phones. That's the big thing. It's not like, you know, we used to play PlayStation and, and, uh, you know, Atari and Nintendo. It's now on the cell phones. It's now on the apps. And I think Ryan's leading us in a very, very good direction, Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, the next thing you're going to see is betting on catch driver. You know, (sighs) who knows? Maybe you'll be able to bet on uh, your catch driver. Who knows? So, you know, things like that is what uh, what makes the game really, really interesting and uh, really, really fun. All right. Well, listen, we still got uh, a big announcement coming up. We're going to talk about the post-time with Mike and Mike Awards next, plus the dynamic duo of pacing for the cure, Jeff and Janine Gessick. Still more to come on this edition of Post-Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. 
We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Mike, before we get to our very big announcement, and I'll let you take care of business in just a moment, but just got this over the hot wire. Heston Blue Chip is moving to Pennsylvania for 2019. That our good friends at Windback Farms proud to announce that Heston Blue Chip will stand at Nandy Farms in Pennsylvania for the 2019 season. For more information on that, I believe that article is in the USDA newsroom, so you may want to check that out. That's uh, ustrotting.com. And Mike, speaking of uh, Windback Farms, in the next day or two, we've got a great article which is coming out. Uh, it's a series of articles that we've been doing titled The Wonder of Windback, but this one's going to be really good because we're going to be talking to uh, the, vet, the vet at Windback Farms, Sarah, Sarah Mackey, about uh, breeding season. And this is kind of new for us because I've never had a chance to talk to a vet before about uh, you know the, the process of breeding uh, and the process of birthing and breeding season and all that. So we're going to talk uh, a little bit to Sarah Mackey about that in that article. So make sure you join us once again, post time with Mike at Mike.com. Check that out. That article will be out in the next couple of days. And look at you with all the breaking news. You didn't even use the uh, you didn't even use the breaking news thing. I, no, I'm kind of I forgot all about it. We haven't used that thing in such a long time that I kind of forgot about it. Oh man, you and your <laughs> you listen, you and your forgetfulness. I'll tell you what. No wonder you didn't know where Lily Stride was turning for. No, I'm just kidding. I, I um, have no anyway. idea. I'd ask listen, you. You you know what's funny, and, and we'll get to our announcement here in just a quick second. But Travis Stone made a comment. The guy who calls the Kentucky Derby made a comment during the symposium at um, EquestriCon uh, this week. Like, uh, I'm who, sorry, Mike. Mike. Mike, who apparently needs 15 minutes. Uh, EquestriCon. Um, you know, Travis Stone said, "Thank God that Bob Baffert left the blue shadow role on Justify because that mm-hmm. was the only way he knew who he was." In situations like you were in the other night, Mike, uh, where there's uh, you know a ton of rainfall, a ton of mud, sometimes that's all you have to identify horses. Yeah, that's right. I called with blinkers on and a shadow roll on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, all I right, Mike. It's tough. That's a that's a tough. T- well, you called a couple of races at Pocono. It's it's not an easy call there. It's not an easy call, but I'll tell you, Mike, you, you, you use that stuff. You use shadow rolls. You use blinkers. And, uh, you know, turning for home, you'd know if Courtly Choice was in front because you could see the red hood with the red cups on the side. And, and so you just know, uh, you know, you know who certain horses are. So, yeah. you know, us as announcers, I don't think people realize kind of what goes into some of our prep work. But uh, that's one big thing uh, that we put with it. But, uh, Mike, it's time to talk way, about – And by the way, t- Mike, I didn't even know after been talking about post-time and Mike. Mike Awards, somebody better nominate one of Jim Baviglia's calls on the Breeders' Crown for a race call of the year, because I'll tell you what, he had some dandies. He really did. And just so you know, Mike Bozich is not eligible for uh, anything, no matter what race call you want to do. Uh, you know, the Maxi Lee call, though, I thought was one of your best calls, just so you know. I'm not trying to, you know, blow up your head any more than it already is. But, uh, you know, but, you know, that that's just, you know just how it goes and uh speaking of the post time with mike and mike awards we're happy to announce mike nominations open today for the 2018 post time with mike and mike awards uh nominations are open until wednesday november 21st at noon uh voting will begin for the awards on thursday november 29th and run until wednesday december 19th and the 2018 Post Time with Mike and Mike Award Show will cap off the year on Thursday, December 20th. So get your thinking caps on. 
Get over to our website, Mike, and uh, start nominating. His nominations are open beginning right now uh, at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. There is, it's on the banner at the very top. It'll say Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. Just click it, and it will take you to the nomination screen. The only thing we ask is that you include a short bio uh, with each nominee. Absolutely, and make sure you get your nominations in now. And that bio, Mike, is very, very important because we just don't want a, a name. <laughs> Okay, we just don't want a name. We want we need a little bit of information, uh, and in particular, what we're looking for. I mean, we're not looking for the whole life story of the person that you're trying to nominate. We're just we're looking for basically a reason why you want to nominate them. That's what we're trying to look for. So, yeah. you know, write this bio. This would be this would help us out tremendously. And uh, you know what? It's uh, it, just do that. It'd be the, the, the it guy who writes helpful. the press releases would, would appreciate it. That's that's for sure. <laughs> the guy, that? The, 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 yeah, the yeah the lone guy who has to uh, put the bios together uh, for each horse because what we do uh, for those who don't know is we do put a press release out with all the nominees but we also mm-hmm. like to give descriptions of who everybody is because some people might not know who certain horses or people are so we want to make sure we are as descriptive as possible so your bios will for sure help me out when putting that together so uh, make sure you get your nominations in the voting bo- or nomination box is open right now and uh, I'll tell you what there is a lot of things uh, that I'm thinking about as far as nominating wise goes but Mike the upset of the year category might be the most wide open it's ever been yeah I think all the categories are, are pretty wide open I mean there are some great great you know horses and uh, drivers and trainers and horsemen and horsewomen and race fans to choose from innovator of the year that's always a very interesting category sponsored by the United States Trotting Association so you know listen uh, it's always a fun time of year. Um, you know what? In these, the horsemen, horsewomen, innovators, people that promote the sport, they work so so hard throughout the course of the year to try to make this game work and to and to do what they can to help support and promote the harness racing industry. And this is just our way, Mike, of of saying thank you to not only the the uh, award winners themselves, but to everybody who got name, nominated. And to everybody, Mike, to everybody that promotes the sport, a big thank you. And, you know, listen, we, we try to give back to them and try to recognize them as best we can. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that we want to make sure that everybody is aware of for Iron Horse of the Year, because it is foiled again, is obviously the namesake of the award. And uh, we're actually going to have a special award just for him on the mm-hmm. Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards uh, this year. So foiled again is not eligible for the Iron Horse of the Year Award uh, this year. He'll have his own separate award uh, that will be given to Mark Weaver and the Connections uh, later on this year. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> listen, the only person that only only person that's got more awards than foiled again is Chris Gooden. <laughs> you would go there. Of course you would. Chris, foiled again is going to need a stall just for all of his awards. Oh my goodness. I'm sure Chris Gooden's got a nice big wall of fame. Uh, without our award on it from last year, he still hasn't received his award. So we got to get that. Well, out he don't have room. Yeah, for well, it. yeah. He don't, yeah, he don't have room for it. Oh my goodness. All right. But, so anyway, uh, so nominate now, nominate now, go to uh, once again, Mike, where can they go to nominate? Uh, they can go to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. At the very top, just click Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards, and uh, we'll take you right to it. 
All right. That's going to be outstanding, outstanding stuff, Mike. I can't wait. So make sure you nominate. Uh, if you need more information on the categories, all that information, Mike Carter did an excellent job. Uh, check it out. Post time with Mike at Mike.com. Well, it's time to get speaking of people that do an excellent job of promoting our sport. And you know what? Through our sport, give countless, countless dollars to trying to find a cure and creating awareness for multiple sclerosis. And it's our good friends, Jeff and Janine Gessick. It's our Pacing for the Cure segment. And we had a chance to sit down and talk with them. They've got a big, big dinner coming up in Harrisburg on November 5th. So without further ado, let's uh, sit down with our good friends, the dynamic duo, Jeff and Janine Gessick. It's the Pacing for the Cure segment, and we are joined by the dynamic duo of Pacing for the Cure, Jeff and Janine Gessick. Guys, welcome back to the program. How you doing, Mike? Hey, Mike. Thank you. Doing fantastic. It is always great to have you guys on. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming dinner party, which is already Monday. I have no idea where the time has gone, but November is already upon us. So we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But you guys were at my neck of the woods a few weeks back at Harris, Philadelphia. Tell us a little bit about how that went and, uh, you know, what exactly you guys were doing. Yeah. Hi, Mike. Um, we had a great time at Harris, Philadelphia a few weeks back, and um, the employees really got behind us this time because of the uh, payroll deduction process that Barry and his team put in place. So we were really thrilled to see a lot of the employees come out and participate in the MS walk. And the best thing is the weather was good this time, so no more um, postponement. So the weather cooperated. It was great, Mike, to have you out on the track with us. We really enjoyed that as well, and I think we look forward to next year. And it seems like every year this, um, this event gets bigger and bigger at Harris, so we really appreciate it. And also, Mike, uh, the, uh, we moved out to the patio. They had the racing in the evening, as you know, on that Friday, and we what a great group of the crowd that helped us, you know, supported us while the races were in between the races, and it was really nice event after that walk too. Yeah, certainly, and that's kind of synonymous uh, of a lot of your guys' events. Actually, all of your guys' events is, you know, you, you start one year, and then it seems like each and every year, whether it be at a racetrack or what we're about to talk about, Harrisburg, it just seems it gets bigger and bigger with more interest, and that's the whole point of it is to, you know, try to raise money, raise awareness for multiple sclerosis, and you guys have got the third annual Harrisburg dinner party coming up. That's Monday, November 5th. Guys, tell us a little bit more about uh, what we can expect there. Yeah, well, Jeff and I are really excited um, about this event, particularly because we've moved the venue. Um, for the first two years, we were at the Best Western Hotel and Conference Center, um, which is nearby. Um, but what we noticed was happening is that on the evening that we would have the event, the sale kept going later and later. And so some of our attendees would show up, you know, two, three hours into it, and it just became really difficult. So we said, this year, year three, we're going to take the event to the Farm Show Complex. So um, we're really excited about that. Um, the start time will be the same. We have a two-hour open bar from 5.30 to 7.30. Um, we have, we'll have DJ entertainment, um, the same uh, really good food, an Italian buffet. We're going to have a lot of raffle prizes, silent auction, 
Um, we've had quite a bit of sponsorship already. Jeff's going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, but we're very excited to, to be on year three with this event. And um, so we still are, are looking for people to sign up. Um, individual tickets are, are $100, so we're, we're looking for folks to sign up. Um, we have quite a bit of table purchases as well, too. Um, tables are uh, $1,000. And cocktail hour. So if anyone at the event is unable to, to stay for dinner, Mike, but if they want to just come for the cocktail hour, it's a $25 cost. Well, the good news, Mike. Yep, go ahead, Jeff. The good, yeah, and the good news, Mike, is that we have the memorabilia and the uh, auction items. So we're going to have a memorabilia charity company coming with great college and pro athletes and different things to auction, silent auction. We're going to have autographed Brian Sears colors, which is the perfect timing this year. He had 10,000 career wins. I have an autographed Brian photo for that. And, and uh, Montreal Teague, Wiggle It, Jiggle It photo for artist drawing donated by Michelle Hogan, uh, which was nice, very generous of her. So everybody that comes to the cocktail hour could also get involved in that too. Wow, that sounds tremendous. Now, you guys have been doing this. This is your third year now that you guys have been doing this at Harrisburg, and you guys mentioned this year you're going to be at the Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex. Tell us a little bit about the history. How did this thing come about? How did this idea come about to have a dinner party at one of the biggest harness racing sales going today? Well, um, you know there, you know a little bit about our Pacing for the Cure ambassador who we bought at the Harrisburg sale in 2015, November 2015. So Jeff and I thought it would sort of be a neat idea to going into year one to have our annual event sort of in honor and celebration of, of that event. So um, that's kind of how we got started in Harrisburg. As you said, it's a great, large crowd. And, um, you know, we've heard from people that, you know, they're always looking for good places to eat. Harrisburg is kind of tough. And um, so... You know, it was an opportunity for us to say, well, let's, you know, let's get started with at the Best Western. And, and again, we're going to kind of change it or modify it based on, on the needs of the audience. So taking it to them this year, we felt was, was good to get more, more people involved. Yeah, no question about it. And once again, uh, the cost is, uh, I see, for the cocktail hour, only $25. But I'll tell you what, it seems like there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of going-ons there. And, guys, let's give a little bit of a shout-out to the sponsors because these are the people that make it all possible. Diamond Creek Farms, Windback Farm, Sugar Valley Farm, Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association. I mean, it seems like that the harness racing community has just been so wonderful in getting behind this very important cause. Absolutely. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, basically, Ohio Harness Horsemen Association, Diamond Creek, Winback, Sugar Valley, they've all been behind us from day one. And also, all the associations, I call all the associations, they're very willing to support us, USTA. I mean, you just can go on and on. And uh, without this, we, we couldn't do this, to be honest with you. And uh, what I consider the Harrisburg Dinner is the year-end culmination, celebration, let everybody know what we've done, what we're planning to do and how we've, you know, generated some money and looking to do for other people with the money we created. And also, we like to bring Dr. Greenstein there, give a little brief update on his MSRI um, lab, and also we like to give him a donation based on what we've generated that year. Over and above the uh, 100%, we meet all the people that 
needs, equipment or services, yep. we're 100% there for them. And then after the end of the year, I know where we stand and we can give the difference to uh, MSRI and we start over again. But uh, like you said, the associations, the, the breeding farms, you name it, they're all behind us. And we're very thankful. Good, good stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, now that we've piqued everybody's interest and we've told everybody a great time that they're going to have in supporting this good cause, let's tell everybody how exactly they could be a part of it. Where do we go? What do we need to do? And how can we be a part of this dinner? Okay, they can sign up at pacingforthecure.org forward slash donate. Um, they can buy an individual ticket or if they want to buy uh, a table. Um, it's very convenient once they go on to our website. Um, it's very easy, so we encourage everyone to, you know, uh, like like our Facebook page, share it, share the event, and help us to um, tell all their friends about it. So anyone who's going to be out at the sale, we welcome the, the opportunity for them to attend. And it will be a fun event, um, as you said, because we have DJ Entertainment, so um, there'll be a lot of great music, a lot of great prizes, so I think people will have a really good time as well. One of the big things about multiple sclerosis as we kind of transition uh, to some of the uh, end-of-the-year activities is we kind of look forward to after Harrisburg. Uh, and, and we wanted to bring this up because when you donate to Pacing for the Cure, uh, not only are you donating to create awareness and, you know, to get some uh, things going as far as research to eventually try to find a cure, but those donation dollars also go uh, to people that, you know, are currently dealing with the disease and the, some of the equipment that they need to deal with it on a daily basis and you guys have had the opportunity uh, to give away a scooter or to and some other stuff you know to help people do that so let's talk a little bit about that I know you guys just had an opportunity to do that a, a short time ago yeah so I'll just briefly um, start and then I'll turn it over to Jeff is that um, we really um, are dedicated to helping as many people as we can uh, with their no mobility needs um, this this disease is really can be quite debilitating, and people who have had it for a long period of time typically start to see, you know, their mobility decline pretty quickly. And um, so we're always asking for um, to spread the word if anyone needs help um, to, you know, direct them to our website. And just recently um, we found out about a gentleman who happens to be in the harness racing industry for a number of years, retired. Um, who has MS and um, needed a scooter to get around. And so I'm going to turn it over to Jeff to tell a little bit about um, what happened next. Yeah, so basically, I mean, this, this gentleman was in Ohio for many, many years, and you know, finally he got off the bike and said, and I just can't, can't do this anymore. You know, MS has taken a toll, and now he's retired in Florida. And, you know, through actually Elizabeth Cheeseman and, and – I was just talking to people. I always try and, and network, and she mentioned, you know, the person was getting a little bit, you know, more ill. And uh, I researched a little more, and I contacted the person. I worked out, you know, with our company that we deal with to get him a scooter delivered uh, and a vehicle scooter lift so that he can get any, to get any of his appointments, to get anywhere he needs to go related to, you know, regular life as well as his appointments. And uh, he was very grateful. He, he called me. You know, and said my scooter's here, and you can't you can't imagine how thankful I am. And I said, uh, I'm so glad to do it. 
That's 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 so terrific. That is really really awesome. And uh, once again, when you donate for when you donate to Pacing for the Cure, this is the kind of stuff that you're donating to, helping people, you know, deal with multiple sclerosis. I mean, obviously, eventually we want to find a cure, but you know what? In the short term, we have to help people try to deal with it on a day day to day basis. And stuff like you know these scooters, I mean, just help people deal with deal with this disease tremendously. And that that's that's awesome. That's really a cool thing. We are at the end of the year, guys. I can't believe how fast time has gone. I mean, it seemed like we were just starting to promote this dinner party months ago, and now it's coming up on Monday. And after that, you know, listen, we're straight on into Christmas and and, uh, the end of the year. So we want to start thinking about our tax donations, uh, wrapping things up, you know, for tax purposes. So we really want everybody to get those donations in, don't we? Yes, we do. And, you know, Thanksgiving is is right around the corner, too. So I have to say I'm very thankful to you, Mike, and both of you, Mike uh, Bozick and Mike Carter, for um, allowing us to have this monthly segment in, in 2018. So Jeff and I appreciate it very much. But also um, want to thank, you know, it's a time when you sit back and reflect on all your blessings. And, and Jeff and I feel truly blessed to be able to help others through this charity. And um, we're so grateful for all of our supporters and sponsors. And, um, you know, we just can't thank everybody enough because without them, um, we wouldn't be in this position. So, but also in November, it's the opportunity, um, the end of November, it's called Giving Tuesday for folks who are considering their year-end tax donations, um, which charities they might want to um, contribute to. So uh, we would appreciate it if um, folks who may not know where they, they want to donate their dollars to please consider Pacing for the Cure. Um, we are an all-volunteer organization and um, use our dollars to, to help people in need. So um, really want to just emphasize that if people are, are thinking about making a donation to please consider us. And one point, Mike, too, real quick about that is no donation too small. is Everything is perfect. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a big donation. It's just the thought that counts. I mean, it goes right to the bottom line to help somebody. So believe it or not, if it's more than a stamp and it wants to be mailed to the field box, it's greatly appreciated. It's just that's how simple it is. Fantastic. And one final time, if there's anybody out there that wants to donate to Pacing for the Cure, wants to donate to this cause, but is still unsure how, what's the best way to do it? They can go to our website, which is pacingforthecure.org, and then they can click on the Donate button, and it's a very simple, um, secure, very secure process to donate um, online. So as Jeff said, all, all donations are welcome. And um, we appreciate everyone's support. And also, Mike, there's the P.O. Box. It's P.O. Box 1, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. And it's right on the website, too. You can, If you want to mail a check and send, you can certainly do that. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? 
Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the Donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. And we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich as we wrap this thing up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. And don't forget, everybody, to vote for the Post Time with Mike and Mike, excuse me, not vote, nominate for the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards, several categories up for grabs. Uh, make sure you are nominating your favorites also uh, make sure you tune in next uh, thursday with the first post of 10 30 lots of great things going on and mike i'm headed out to louisville following this so i uh, hope everybody has a good week closing time you don't have to go home but you can't Stay here I know